Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, let's join Reverend Talks with today's message, The Reality of the New Creation. Welcome to today's broadcast. We've been teaching on the highest kind of faith and uh, endeavoring to look at what produces this highest kind of faith. When we started, we looked at the scripture in Romans chapter 10. Uh, the word of God says from verse 6 through to verse 10, it says, The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend to heaven to bring Christ again from above? Or who shall descend into the deep to bring Christ again from the dead? But what seeth it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That those scriptures are talking about the word of faith. And um, we can see that, yes, there is um, the dynamics of it the principles of it, believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. But we also see that there's the legal side, just like there's the vital side of faith, there's the legal side. The vital side is how we appropriate our uh, provisions, the things we're believing for, believing in the heart, saying with the mouth. But there's a legal side. What if Jesus, Jesus had just come and had just taught guys Listen, if you need anything, just confess it and just believe it. And he hadn't gone to the cross to die and be raised from the dead. Then there wouldn't be a legal basis to believe for the new birth. There wouldn't be a legal basis to believe for those provisions. So you see, there's the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. And that is the foundation. That is the basis of the word of faith. That's the basis on which it is built. So there has to be an understanding of both the legal and the vital side. Now, the people walk in faith in the Old Testament, certainly. During Jesus' earth walk, before he went to the cross, the people walk in faith. In fact, some walked in great faith. The centurion, Jesus said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So the man walked in great faith. The Syrophoenician woman who came on behalf of her daughter, in Matthew 15, 21 to 28, Jesus told her, O woman, great is thy faith, being taught to thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So she walked in great faith. However, the basis of our faith as New Testament believers is the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. The death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And that forms the legal basis of this highest kind of faith that we're talking about. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, because ours in Italy it's there. So the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ forms the legal basis, the foundation on which our faith is built. So we're looking at uh, different truths that will help us to walk in this highest kind of faith. We said number one, very first thing we ought to settle on if we're going to walk in the highest kind of faith is the integrity of God's word. The integrity of God's word. Then we went ahead to talk about the second thing that we spoke of, 
the reality of our redemption, that our redemption is not a mere creed, is not a mere dogma, is not a mere theological doctrine. No, it's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. And we have it now as believers in Christ. And we need to know that. Well, today we want to go ahead in that series talking about the highest kind of faith. I want to talk about a third thing that it's important that we get a hold of and we understand and we know in our spirits very clearly so that we can walk in the highest kind of faith. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll read one verse of scripture there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to feed upon the word of God. We know that it's your will that we walk in faith, that we walk in the highest type of faith. And as we study your word today, we trust that by your spirit, you open up your word to our spirits. Our hearts are proposed, our minds determined, that we won't just be hearers of the word alone, but we'll be doers of the same as well. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we want to look at the third in this series of, on the highest kind of faith. And what we want to look at is the reality of the new creation. The reality of the new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17, where we read, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The greatest miracle that there is, is the new birth. It's actually God imparting his own life, his nature, his substance into man's spirit. And when that life comes into our spirit, it recreates us. The Bible says old things are passed away. Every single thing that happened in the past life, in the person's life, before he met Jesus is totally blotted out. In fact, it's not only the things he did uh, that are passed away, he himself becomes a new man. The Bible says old things are passed away. You know, sometimes you talk about if a person passing away. You know, you read an obituary. It says we regret to announce the passing away of so-and-so. What do we mean by saying a person passed away? We mean the person died. Listen, that old man is dead. That old spiritual man who lived inside that body you're living in now, that old spiritual man is gone. There's a new man in its place. And that new man is a new species. He's a kind that never existed before. That new man, that new creature, is a brand new miracle creation and he has God's substance. He has God's nature on the inside of him. In John's gospel, the first chapter, the 12th verse, the Bible says, but as many as received him, talking about the word uh, that was made flesh, the Lord Jesus, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You see, at the new birth, 
a man receives Jesus into his heart. And when he receives Jesus into his heart, Jesus recreates the person's spirit. Jesus recreates that person entirely and he becomes a brand new creature. He says, but as many as received him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. So that new creature is God's child, is God's seed. First Peter 1.23, the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The person who's born again is born of God, is born of God's word, and that's his seed. He's born of God's nature. The very attributes of God are imparted into him. Now, many times we use the word life. We sometimes folks say, come and give your life to Christ. I'd rather say, come and receive Jesus or come and receive the life of Christ. Because in a sense, we are paupers without hope, without God. So it wasn't us giving up something. No, it was us taking on something, taking on the life of God. It's us receiving Jesus. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, to them gave he, uh, uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. So God is the giver. We are the receivers. Amen. Four different words are translated life in the Greek of the New Testament. One of them is suche. Suche means natural or human life. Another is bios, from where we have the word biology. Bios means manner of life. Another is anastrophe. Anastrophe means behavior. Talk about Paul, how when he talked about his confused behavior. You know, behavior. Uh, confused behavior, that is. But then there's this other word, zoe. Zoe means life as God has it. Life in the absolute sense. That which the Father has in himself. That which the incarnate Son has in himself. You see, it's not about a fellow uh, having a reform or uh, stopping to do this or stopping to do that. If a could give up anything he wants to give up, but that couldn't save him. You see, man cannot be saved by conduct. He can't. Even if a man were to keep all the Ten Commandments, he's still a child of the devil. Even if a fellow were to live a morally upright life, if the person hasn't received Jesus, he's still a child of the devil. You see, people don't go to hell because they sin. That's not why. People go to hell because they are sinners. Man's problem wasn't primarily his bad conduct. Now, his bad conduct was a problem, but it wasn't the real problem. His bad conduct was nothing but a fruit of the real problem. Man's real problem is that from Adam's transgression, since Adam committed high treason, man got separated from God. God had told Adam, Genesis 2, 17, told him not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that the day he eats of it, in dying he will die. That's how the literal Hebrew puts it. In dying spiritually, he will die physically. Well, man deemed the unthinkable. He committed high treason. He disobeyed God. Uh, he wasn't deceived into it. Eve might have been, but not Adam. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. He committed high treason. He, he disobeyed God and he sold out his dominion to Satan. And from that instance, like we see in Genesis 3, uh, Satan became the God of this world. Second Corinthians 4.4 calls him that. He took on man's 
dominion and began a reign in tyranny over the human race on the earth. And not just that, man became spiritually dead. Now, death is not a cessation of existence. Death is a separation. Uh, three kinds of death are spoken of in the Bible. First, there's spiritual death. Uh, second, there's physical death. At physical death, man, who is a spirit, together with his soul, becomes separated from his body. Then there's a second death. The second death is the ultimate finality of the spiritually dead. It's when a man is banished to spend eternity in the lake of fire and brimstone. That's the second death. But you see, what's spiritual death? Spiritual death is two things. First, it is separation from God. Man became separated from God. He was alienated from the covenants of promise, from the commonwealth of Israel. A separation from God. That's spiritual death. Also, spiritual death is having the nature of the devil in man's spirit. So man got this foreign nature into his spirit that now compelled him to sin, to do wrong, to do stuff that uh, that's evil. You see, that happened when man became spiritually dead. But at the new birth, when a man receives Jesus into his heart, the life of God, the nature of God is imparted into that man's spirit. And the man is born of the word of God as well as he's born of the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, through the agency of God's word, imparts eternal life to the man's spirit. And it makes him a new species. It makes him a new creature. Now that new creature is a child of God. God becomes man's own father. The man becomes a child of God. You see, he, he may be God to the world. He may be judge to the sinner, but he's father to the new creation man. We are his children. It's about the father and his family. It's not what church you attend that really counts. It's whose family are you in? Are you in God's family or are you in Satan's family? The new birth puts a man in the family of God. So God becomes our father. In John 17, 23, when Jesus was praying for us, he said, I in them and thou in me, that they be made perfect in, in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Listen, God the Father loves each and every one of us just the same way he loved Jesus. We can have the same fellowship with the Father, the same fellowship with the Father that Jesus did in his earth walk. Why? Because now we are in his family. He's our Father. And as a Father, he longs to take a Father's place and to perform a Father's part in our lives. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You see, God is our father and he's a caring father. He's a loving father. He's a gracious father. He's a good father. As his sons, we have uh, rights. We have privileges in his family. 1 Corinthians 3.21, the Bible says, all things are yours. It says, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Ephesians 1.3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we have been blessed with every single blessing that the Father has. Romans 8 verse 16 says the Spirit itself, actually the margin says himself, beareth 
witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we are his children. Verse 17 says, and if children then hears, hears of God and joint hears with Christ. See, that's what the new birth did. Every single promise, every single provision in the word of God becomes automatically ours at the moment we got saved, at the moment of our new birth. Everything that God has becomes ours. So you see, God is our Father. Not only is God our Father, as new creatures in Christ, we are one with the Master. We are one with the Lord Jesus. Talking about the reality of the new creation, we are one with Him. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, He that is joined to the Lord, he is one spirit. Uh, the margin says he is one spirit with him. We are one with deity. See, Jesus is the head. We are the body. Now, we are not deity. Jesus is the one who is deity. But we are in union with the one who is. He is the head. We are members of his body. When you talk about a, a person, you don't separate their head from their body. It's the head and the body together that makes the person. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. In John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. You see, we are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. The, the trunk of that tree and the branches, it's both together that make the tree. Listen, we are one with him. We're in union with him. We are tied up to him. For us to be defeated, God will have to be defeated. For us to go under, God will have to go under. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to go under. Not if you know that you're a new creature. Not if you know the reality of the new creation. That the life of God is in you. That the nature of God is in you. That your spirit has been reborn. That you're tied up to deity now. You see, Romans 8.31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? So God is for us. God is with us. And it gets a step better. God is in us. So the new birth, at the new birth, amen, God in the, the, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. He comes to make our bodies his home. He's bearing witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. 1 John 4, 4, the Bible says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We've got God living in us. We've got God making his home in us. There's a real incarnation in the new birth. God is yet made manifest in the flesh in the new creation. He's dwelling in us. We need to know that. So God is our Father. We're one with the Lord Jesus Christ. The greater one is on the inside of us. And guess what? Mark 9.23 says, All things are possible to him that believeth. Child of God, you are a believing one. And because you're a believing one, all things are possible to you. All things are possible to you. Now, was it our bodies that got recreated? No, it was our spirits. We know that man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a physical body. First Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is a spirit. 
John 4, 24 tells us that. And God, who's a spirit, said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. And if God is a spirit, and he is, and he made man in his image after his likeness, and he did, so man also of necessity must be a spirit being. So man is a spirit being. At our new birth, it wasn't our soul that changed. It wasn't our bodies that changed. Our bodies will keep on wanting to do the things uh, they used to do before. Our souls, our minds will keep on wanting to think the ways they, they used to think before. And that's why Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So you see, we're to do something with our bodies. We're to present our bodies to God, a living sacrifice. We're to do something with our minds. We're to renew our minds with God's word. We're to let our born again spirits be the dominant man. We're to let our spirits dominate us. 2 Corinthians 4.16, the Bible says, For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is the body. Yeah, one of these days we're going to have a glorified body. Whoa, glory. But you see, the inward man has been reborn. That inward man is a spirit. He has been reborn. He has been recreated. I tell you something. If you will simply hold fast your confession that you're a new creature, that new man on the inside will be made manifest on the outside through the flesh. You are a new man. You're a new species. You are not who you used to be before. You've got the life of God in you. You've got the nature of God in you. You need to know that. You need to believe that. You need to confess that. If the devil comes and brings a picture of the past and tries to tell you, look, uh, why do you think God is going to bless you? Why do you think God is going to do stuff for you? Look at the kind of life you lived before you got saved. You simply tell him, yes, those things might have happened, but the man that did them has passed away. I'm a new creature now. I'm a new man. I'm a new species. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the nature of God in me. And simply walk in the light of that life. So, to walk in the highest type of faith, we said, number one, we need to settle on the integrity of God's word. Settle that in our spirits. Know the integrity of God's word. His word is truth. It can be trusted. It can be depended upon. It can be acted upon. Then secondly, we said it's important that we know the reality of our redemption, that it's not a mere creed. It's not a mere dogma, but it's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. And then third, we, in today's, um, teaching, we talked about the fact that we need to know the reality of the new creation. You're a new creature. You're a new species. The life of God is on the inside of you if you're born again. Maintain that confession. Hold fast to that. Walk in the reality of it. And what's going to happen? You're going to discover that your faith will be buoyed up and you'll walk in the fullness of the rights and the privileges that belong to us as sons and daughters of God. Praise the Lord. As with Christ. See, that's what the new birth did. Every single 
promise, every single provision in the word of God becomes automatically ours at the moment we got saved, at the moment of our new birth. Everything that God has becomes ours. So you see, God is our Father. Not only is God our Father, as new creatures in Christ, we are one with the Master. We are one with the Lord Jesus. Talking about the reality of the new creation, we are one with Him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord, he is one spirit. Uh, the margin says he's one spirit with him. We are one with deity. See, Jesus is the head. We are the body. Now, we are not deity. Jesus is the one who is deity. But we're in union with the one who is. He is the head. We are members of his body. When you talk about a, a person, you don't separate their head from their body. It's the head and the body together that makes the person. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. In John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. You see, we are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. The, the trunk of that tree and the branches, it's both together that make the tree. Listen, we are one with him. We're in union with him. We are tied up to him. For us to be defeated, God will have to be defeated. For us to go under, God will have to go under. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to go under. Not if you know that you're a new creature. Not if you know the reality of the new creation, that the life of God is in you, that the nature of God is in you, that your spirit has been reborn, that you are tied up to deity now. You see, Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? So God is for us. God is with us. And it gets a step better. God is in us. So the new birth, at the new birth, amen, God in the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. He comes to make our bodies his home. He's bearing witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. First John 4, 4, the Bible says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We've got God living in us. We've got God making his home in us. There's a real incarnation in the new birth. God is yet made manifest in the flesh in the new creation. He's dwelling in us. We need to know that. So God is our Father. We're one with the Lord Jesus Christ. The greater one is on the inside of us. And guess what? Mark 9.23 says, all things are possible to him that believeth. Child of God, you are a believing one. And because you're a believing one, all things are possible to you. All things are possible to you. Now, was it our bodies that got recreated? No, it was our spirits. We know that man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a physical body. First Thessalonians 5.23 and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is a spirit. John 4.24 tells us that. And God who is a spirit said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. And if God is a spirit and he is, and he made man in his image after his likeness and he did, so man also of necessity must be a spirit being. So man is a spirit being. At our new birth, it wasn't our soul that changed. 
It wasn't our bodies that changed. Our bodies will keep on wanting to do the things uh, they used to do before. Our souls, our minds will keep on wanting to think the ways they, they used to think before. And that's why Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So you see, we're to do something with our bodies. We're to present our bodies to God, a living sacrifice. We're to do something with our minds. We're to renew our minds with God's word. We're to let our born again spirits be the dominant man. We're to let our spirits dominate us. 2 Corinthians 4.16, the Bible says, For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is the body. Yeah, one of these days we're going to have a glorified body. Whoa, glory. But you see, the inward man has been reborn. That inward man is a spirit. He has been reborn. He has been recreated. I tell you something. If you will simply hold fast your confession that you're a new creature, that new man on the inside will be made manifest on the outside through the flesh. You are a new man. You're a new species. You are not who you used to be before. You've got the life of God in you. You've got the nature of God in you. You need to know that. You need to believe that. You need to confess that. If the devil comes and brings a picture of the past and tries to tell you, look, uh, why do you think God is going to bless you? Why do you think God is going to do stuff for you? Look at the kind of life you lived before you got saved. You simply tell him, yes, those things might have happened, but the man that did them has passed away. I'm a new creature now. I'm a new man. I'm a new species. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the nature of God in me. And simply walk in the light of that life. So, to walk in the highest type of faith, we said, number one, we need to settle on the integrity of God's word. Settle that in our spirits. Know the integrity of God's word. His word is truth. It can be trusted. It can be depended upon. It can be acted upon. Then secondly, we said it's important that we know the reality of our redemption, that it's not a mere creed. It's not a mere dogma, but it's an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. And then third, we, in today's, um, teaching, we talked about the fact that we need to know the reality of the new creation. You're a new creature. You're a new species. The life of God is on the inside of you if you're born again. Maintain that confession. Hold fast to that. Walk in the reality of it. And what's going to happen? You're going to discover that your faith will be buoyed up and you'll walk in the fullness of the rights and the privileges that belong to us as sons and daughters of God. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you. 
Experience many moments that set you free and empower you for a victorious life at Rema, Nigeria. Our impactful classes and curriculum has helped thousands of people like you. Professionals, business people, those in the academia, as well as those in full-time ministry to maximize their vocation and calling. Due to the current restrictions of COVID-19, if you start your training with us online now, you can complete your entire program with us online if you so desire, even after we return to on-site classes. This offer closes 30th of September, so hurry up! Enroll with RBTC today. To enroll, visit remanigeria.com forward slash apply online forward slash. Don't miss this opportunity to start and finish online or leave you register before September 30th. Call us today on 081 Six six eight three six. The number again: zero eight one zero one one six six eight three six. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center, Nigeria, is here just for you.